You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans of the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. It's FA Cup third round weekend and as ever, it delivered some great entertainment on game day with TalkSport. There were shocks up and down the country as Tramia scored three second half goals to draw with Watford. Newcastle striker Joe Linton struggled in front of goal and Manchester United failed to have a single shot on target against Wolves. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Here's the best of your thoughts from the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Matt Holland and your verdict with me, Lindsay Hipgrave and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Let's get straight over to Scotland with Sam Matterface. There is the full-time whistle. Aaron Wilbraham goes down with Gracie Fields, Lisa Stansfield, the co-op and Luke Matherton. Today, Rochdale is his. It's Dale's day. Two years ago, they held Tottenham Hotspur to a draw here. And now Rochdale have given Steve Bruce a huge headache. Listen, for as good as we were in the first half, we were disappointing in the second. I do think the couple of injuries, another two to us, was too much. Rochdale made a cup tie of it in the second half. I expected them to do. But what frailties are there for everybody to see. We don't score enough. We've created and played some great football today. And be patient, the cup tie should have been out of sight. The longer you go, the more they think they can get a chance the more they put the big fella on who's been around I think I played against him <laughs> yeah. how fantastic he was and caused us all sorts of problems you know and, um, and went a bit more direct they went a bit more direct and up to him and got round him and, and um, of course we're playing as full backs as centre backs and, and wingers as uh, in the end Mutu, with the loss of Mutu and Almeron for yeah. me affected us that badly that we, we in the end we, we're in the hat and we'll go again. What, what was that? Was it? It looked at his hip flex, hip, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, hip. And as I've said many, many times, unless we address, I mean, we all, even for you guys, I'm sure you guys who are reporting on the game think, Jesus, we've got another game this week. It's ridiculous. And five games some of them have played now, five games in 15 days. And then the question you, you know, whether your training methods are right, they haven't trained. Nobody can train, they just, they just recover. And, uh, and unfortunately, when you play, tired this is the consequence yeah. and and um and we bore the brunt of it unfortunately steve bruce moaning about five games in 15 days it's been the same for everybody 
over no, Christmas. No, it has. I, I appreciate that. But what I would say is there's not many teams that got the, the injuries from those five games that, that Steve Bruce has had to endure either. Um, you know, the, 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 other get, the, the other day losing four players. Uh, and then I think today he's lost another couple as well. So there's, there's not many teams that have had to... Uh, all right, everyone's played those games, but not many teams have suffered the injuries that Steve Bruce's team have. Difficult to deal with. You know, he'd have liked to have made more changes. We talked about the changes that these Premier League teams have made today. Newcastle made the least of, of any of them with five. You know, Villa made nine, Norwich made eight, um, Burnley made eight, Brighton seven, Man United have made seven today, Watford nine, Southampton ten. You know, he made the least changes of any Premier League side and that's purely because he's got so many injuries to deal with. Lee, the Newcastle fan, is with us. How do you feel about it, Lee? You're, you're still in the cup. I think for the quality that we are and the quality that we had on the pitch, we should have gotten the win. I mean, when you've got a £40 million striker, it doesn't look like you can hit the back of the barn door, never mind the back of the net. Let's discuss that. You're talking about Joe Linton. Let's discuss exactly what is going on with Joe Linton. I mean, you, you watch him, uh, and, you know, he's he's not a goal machine by any stretch. Does he offer enough in other areas to be included in the 11? In my personal opinion, I would say Joe Linton is a brilliant number 10. He likes to drop deep, he likes to be on the ball, he likes to spray passes about, but there's no way in God's green earth with you number nine. He's good at holding the ball up, he's very good at holding the ball up and playing other players in. It's just that final touch to get it in the back of the net. I can speak to Harry now, who is a fan uh, of Newcastle. And Harry, you were at the game today. What did you think? We did well the first half, but we've got a centre forward, 44 million, absolutely abysmal, Joel Linton. Do you, know what, do you know what's scary, though, is that I don't think he was prolific before you signed him. So I, I don't understand why why people, like, and I get, listen, I, I always like to see fellow strikers do really well, and he was signed for a lot of money. Even yeah. when I saw the price tag, I was like, whoa. And then I obviously checked his background and his stats, and the most I think he's ever scored in a season is like eight or nine goals. Yeah. So to spend that amount of money as your centre forward after losing Rondon as well, I, I, I did question it, but now we're seeing that it's and it's tough for him. I mean, every week that goes on, people are going to speak about the price tag. People are going to speak about his, his lack of goals. And they're passionate. Well, you're you're a passionate, a passionate bunch up the Geordies. You know what I mean? They they they're used to seeing great centre forward score goals, and it's going to get tougher and tougher for him. Is this the frustration for a lot of Newcastle fans, Harry? Do you think that they they could have had Rondon for probably half the price? I'll have Rondon back tomorrow. Yeah, the dear Joel Linton, he can hold the ball up. He doesn't run off a player. He doesn't run off a defender. There's no movement in the box. He doesn't attack a ball. I've never seen a striker like him in my life. Wow. Bring back Jossalou. <laughs> oh, no, that's gone a bit far, Harry. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Look what Jossalou's doing now compared to Joe Linton. 44 million. It's a joke. Do you, do you think, though... I mean, obviously the fans were were, were expressing their, their anger today at the ground, which is understandable, but they were, they were singing, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt. Do you think perhaps we need to give him a bit of a break and a bit more time rather than piling on in too much? Because it, it's got to be difficult for him as well. He's a young lad. He's come over to a new league. His confidence is obviously shot and he looks lost. For 44 million? Yeah. That, 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 how, how long do we give him? Yeah, 44 he, million is a hell of a price tag. But he didn't put that price on himself. No, no, he really didn't. We never did we ever. We could have had three times a player for him. Mm. Three 12 million players. And I tell you what, the, the wearer shirt with pride, 
with passion and put much of a performance in and attack a ball. That's all I want to do. Attack a ball. That's the thing, Harry. Do you think that's the difference between him and Almiron when Almiron wasn't getting a goal, wasn't getting an assist? The fans were still really behind him. Is that because they could see that he was literally running through a brick wall for the team and the effort was there? Is that the difference that you feel the effort isn't there? puts that shirt on. He tries his hardest. Yeah. He wears it with passion and he goes and he tries and plays. Joe Linton stands with his hands on his hips as though what's happened. That's not a player who wants to play for the I think that's why the fans liked mm. Almiron and he was given a lot more time because you could see every single game he was like unlucky like he'd have chances to ricochet off one of his own teammates and not go in but he'd keep running and working hard for the team and that's probably why Steve Bruce felt I know he's not scoring but I can't take him out of the team because he's given so much him a maximum carry the ball up which is 50-60 yeah. yards and it, it, honestly he, it, I was so happy for him Almiron when he got his first goal because he, de- he deserved it. And the fans that. were absolutely delighted as well they were really behind him. But Geordie fans are passionate about their team all they want to see is obviously they're like they're number nine so obviously that's a big position up there and to, to carry that on your back you, you've got to go up there you've got to produce the goods what, what's the answer though i mean you can't sell him because you you're not even going to get close to the fee that we paid for him mm. you, you can't really put him on the bench at the moment either because andy carroll's injured i mean the options aren't exactly there dwight gale wasn't in the squad today which probably suggests that he's, he's off, yeah. on his way because why you know why wasn't he starting today or do you Stick him in the reserves or something for a bit? I don't know. No, I mean, oh, listen, I've had it before. So I, I went for a big price tag um, to Spurs and I, I was getting it. I was getting it because obviously I wasn't playing, I wasn't scoring as much. Obviously I was sitting behind Robbie Keane and Berbatov and Defoe, it was tough. I was getting pelters from some certain supporters of fans saying every time I go to an away ground, what a waste of money. But obviously I, I ended the drought, the goal drought quite quickly. But it is, it's still, even if What's it was, that like though? What does that feel like when you're on horrible. the pitch and that's coming your way? Does it actually affect your your physical game when, Do, when your mind's not right? It's horrible. Honestly, it's, it is one of the most loneliest feelings Ever, because I, I can remember walking off the pitch, not scoring, and then I remember obviously picking up newspapers and things, and they're all writing their different bits. Are oh, they're overpriced forward or this that, and the other? Honestly, it's tough. It's tough for me. It's tough for the family because you, you can't get away from it. But at the same time, all you can keep doing, all I kept trying to do, was get in the right positions, and eventually one would go in, which it did. And that's all Joe Linton can do. I mean, the last thing Steve Reeves probably wants to do, and he'll know this himself, is go and put him in the reserves or take him completely out of the team and go and play with a false number nine because that will do him no favors. And if anything, that will kill him more than actually helping him because if you keep playing him, just the law of averages, if you keep getting in the positions where you can score goals, eventually one will hit you on going. Yeah, well, Steve Bruce said he's just got to play through it and, and, and stick with it. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. And the referee's blowing the whistle. And what an afternoon for Tranmere Rovers. No, they haven't won. No, they haven't caused a massive ultimate upset. But from 3-0 down to 3-3 and a replay at Prenton Park, that is as good a cup upset as you're probably going to see. Well done, Tranmere Rovers. I take my hat off to you. What for three, Tranmere three? Nigel, your views on that? Um, the, the the beauty of the FA Cup, I suppose. When you go 3-0, I think you expect to see the job through. Today, we didn't do enough in the second half to do that. It's unfortunate for us that we picked up an injury at half-time with Chalabar having to come off because I think in, in the first half, he, he gave us quite a bit of organisation skills in, in, in midfield. But again, we, we have to protect players. I, I didn't want to put him at risk in the second half. But unfortunately for us, conceding three goals in the second half means that it's uh, it's not the result that we want. No, because you've got an extra game at Prenton Park, which I guess yeah. is possibly the worst outcome of the lot. No, I'd rather be in the tie still. I would, I would obviously, I would rather us have seen the job through, but we didn't. So there we go. We've still got, we've still got a job to do. We've, uh, as I've said before, the Premier League's our priority, but we wanted to win today's game, and I thought in the first half our performance was very, very good, and to score three goals and you know, get yourselves into a, a winning position. I would expect our players to be able to see it through, but for a number of reasons that didn't happen. I'd give them a lot of credit for it as well. So, yeah, it's one of those things. We need to earn the right to, to get in the next round, and we certainly didn't do that in the second half. You were a lot calmer than I thought you'd be. When you uh, give opportunities to young players, I think it's important to, to have a balance. So we felt that it was important to freshen it up, made a lot of changes. I make no apologies for that. I think it was a good chance to give young players an opportunity. And I think reflecting on it, I think the one thing that stands out is some of them need to work at the fitness levels. Because when you have to make substitutions for, for cramp, it shows you that the leap between academy football and first team football is probably bigger than some people think. So, you know, it's something for us to work at. We had a number of players who have been on the fringe of the first team recently and had chances today to go and show what they can do. And again, uh, it's... It's a question you can ask them whether they felt they took it. Uh, I have my views on that. And it's it's always interesting to observe what you've got. So I'm glad I rested the players that I rested today. I think they needed they needed a break from it. It's been we've had we've got a lot of players with small injuries, with knocks, and we've got illness within the squad as well. So you know, it was one of those. It would have been nice to have seen this tie off today. And um, when you go three 0 up, you expect to see it off, but. As I already said, it's the beauty of the cup, and and I suppose people will want to say what they want to say about it. But uh, I'm very pragmatic about this. We live to fight another day, but uh, 
maybe it should be a bit more cut and dry, but it's not. There you go. That's uh, Nigel Pearson, the Watford manager. Quite philosophical, uh, Matt Holland, I thought, just very quickly. I mean, quite philosophical about the fact that they were three up and now they've got to go to uh, the Wirral for a replay. Yeah, I thought he might have been a bit more angry than, than that, particularly after being 3 0 up. But obviously, he recognises that he's made nine changes and it's a very different team that he's been overseeing for the last sort of three or four games uh, in the first team at, at Watford. So, this is a, a slightly different team that he's picked today. So, he's um, he understands that, uh, that they're not quite at the level that they need to be and he knows that there's, there's improvement needed and that actually the depth in the squad isn't quite as strong as uh, he perhaps. Wanted, wants it to be going to this second half of the season. So let's speak to uh, Patrick, who's a, a Watford fan. What did you make of it, uh, Patrick? They didn't do much in the first half. They really didn't create anything. And then uh, I think you're in cruise control. I think we got a bit complacent for the substitutions as well. And then you know, across the corner and a penalty and 3-3 three, three all of a sudden. Nigel Pearson, we've spoken to him already and he was talking about, you know, giving young players a chance and maybe their fitness levels he was talking about, losing Chalobah with injury at half-time as well, Patrick. But do you, do you look at that and think, well, hang on a minute, look at the players, player for player, Watford should be uh, should be seeing this one through? No, 100%. You can't make excuses for dropping 3 nil against Tranmere if you respect them. But no, Chalobah was a big loss. He was the glue in the, in the midfield. I think we lost in the midfield. Um... We didn't have enough ability in there after he came off. Obviously, we lost Tina in there uh, as well. So, it wasn't good for Bidfield. Definitely took a hit. I want to ask you about Andre Gray because uh, he cost a oh, decent he... amount of money and, and I didn't see much today. And I, I think it's a shame. I really want him. I came here thinking, well, let, let's see what he can do and see if he can kick-start it all. But what do Watford fans think of him? I am very, very glad you asked about Andre Gray. Uh, we all hate him. We all want him out. And uh, he's just not good enough. He, the fund of... Uh, maybe not hate but fundamentally, as a striker, you've got to be able to shoot, run far, hold the ball up, head it or pass. You can't do any of them. He hasn't got the fundamental skills of a, of a Premier League striker, and he hasn't since he hasn't showed that one. I'm sure he's got a couple of goals here and there, but um, he hasn't showed it. And I mean, if you're in the stands, every time he gets on the ball and loses it, it's just it's not good. No one really wants him here anymore. The thing is, he's, he looks like he's got all the attributes, but there was one moment in the second half when a, a ball was played into the channel, he's running, the keeper's coming out of his goal, and it's, we're thinking, well, if he gets there and nicks it past the keeper, he's got an open goal. Peter Clark, who's 38, and he, he's experienced, the Tramir defender, literally just held him off. He didn't really have to do much at all. He just basically stood in the way. Yeah. And I, I thought, surely Andre Gray's got to do more to get to the ball, at least force a foul or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I know the, the moment you're talking about, he, he, he got past him somewhat. He was quicker than it. But you're right, he did just kind of killed him off his body and he didn't, um, he didn't put much much effort into it at all. And he, all he had to do was get a foot on it. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, it, you're not, you're not, you expect it. Um, like I said, week in, week out, it's what we've seen for the last, since he signed really. So um, we're not surprised, but disappointed, yeah. Are you over, overall though, Nigel Pearson's work wonders, isn't he? Oh yeah, it's been a it's been a completely different mindset. It's like watching a completely different team since the start of the season. Trip to Tranmere on a Tuesday night to come. So hopefully we can uh, enjoy that. Yeah, it will be fun. <laughs> to be fair, this season I have been to Tranmere on a Tuesday night, and uh, we were two up and drew two two with them. So I'm I'm kind of knowing exactly how you're feeling, Patrick. Thanks yeah. for the call. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. And let's speak to George who's a Brighton fan. How are you feeling about being knocked out by a championship club? It's mixed emotions a little bit. Um, I think, I mean, I have to say Sheffield Wednesday today were much of a better team than us. 
Um, their centre back at the back, uh, Dominic Iorfan, number 27, completely outclassed Malpe up front, and we just didn't look like scoring the field. So it, we can't really argue about the result. I think that would be unfair to, but when we put our team that's so strong, it, it's hard to take. I mean, a lot of people didn't go to the game today since attendance is 20,000, and it's usually 30. And when he saw the team news tonight, he thought, actually, you know what, maybe some of them in the state. Um, at the end of the game today, I think the 10,000 in Cal made the right decision. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, to be fair, I mean, you just mentioned it there. It was a strong team, but, I mean, uh, we were talking about the, the team news earlier, and, and partnerships were broken up, and key influential players. I, I don't think Lewis Dunk was playing today, correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, no, he wasn't, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it and thinking, yeah, different keeper in goal, and you know, it, it does look like a strong team, but it is a different team. One player may be disappointing. I mean, you mentioned in there Mope, who excelled in the championship last season, and you'd expect him to excel against the championship club, George. Exactly that, and even when we brought on Connolly to give him a bit of support up front, he was isolated in the first half. He just wasn't really getting hold of the ball. We didn't have those great chances that. We haven't been trading that much all season, and going back to the relegation thing is that, well, Murray today was just not even on the bench, so it looks like he's off to Forest. Wow. Um, so it looks like we need another player, uh, another player up front. Interesting. Uh, Brighton with. Uh, are, are you, how worried are you in terms of relegation? Because we've just gone through the, the stats. You don't lose many, but you don't win many, and there's not a winning run, there's not a losing run, and you know, there's teams that maybe are worse than you, but how, how concerned are you? I think, I think the. In fact, last year we were in the same position with Hewton, and then we look at it now. I know we're playing better football, but if we go on that similar run we had last season, you know, losing five nil home to Bournemouth, having some really bad results, definitely we could be there. But I think just the fact that we can put out some big performances, I think when Moyes in the team, we look really, really good. I think when Trossard's playing, we've got some really good quality now that we didn't have last season. So I'm hoping those individuals can just push us over the line. But I think it's going to be tight. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Neither side has been able to find a way through. And with the uh, ensuing fixture congestion, particularly for Manchester United, with their League Cup semi final two legs coming up as well, and another midweek round of Premier League fixtures, neither side really needed this to go to a draw. But the bottom line is both are still in the hat for the draw when it is made. And tonight it has finished Wolves nil, Manchester United nil. Ollie, thanks very much for your time. How would you reflect on that? Well, it's a, it's a tight game, even game. I think uh, we both had, we dominated possession uh, first half, they dominated second half. Uh, we didn't really create too many chances first half though and uh, make the possession count. Uh, I think they, um, they caused us some problems second half, but we defended really well. Victor, Harry, Sergio in the goal, absolutely brilliant again. So um, we're uh, still in the cup. So what do you put that down to? When you were on top in the first half, why don't you think you did create more chances? It's, we're playing against a good team. They're hard to, to beat. Uh, they've just beaten City here last third round last year. They beat Liverpool. So we know it's hard. We've been here four times now in the last ten months or eight months or whatever it's been. And uh, we've had... Uh, Two defeats to start with, two draws, so we're getting closer. Speak to Chris now, who's a Man United fan. Manchester United uh, played out a goalless draw at Molyneux against Wolves today. Not a single shot on target for Manchester United in that game. Chris, what did you think of the way they played tonight? Boring, really. Um, I was just saying that Solskjaer's got to go. I, just, I think he's got to go now. Wow, not, not getting, not, don't think um, you can't see him turn, well, not even turn it around, but you're just not happy with him at all? 
it's not there's nothing there. There's no passion in the players. There's nothing there like there was when Ferguson had the team. There's just no fire. There's just no spirit there. Yeah. Can you see his plan, or can you see where he's trying to take Manchester United? I get why the board appointed Solskjaer, legend footballer, brilliant. Yeah, I'm not just hitting, I'm not going to take that away from him because he was. But it doesn't always work. My partner told me three or four months ago he let him get in the sack, and I think he's, yeah, I think he's got to go now. I mean, I can see what Manchester United are saying in terms of the fact that they've now got this long-term strategy where they think changing the manager all of the time is not going to be the answer. But do you think they've got the long-term plan part right, but they've just got the wrong man in charge? Yeah, they have. But also, yeah, they've got social, like I say, social, but they haven't got the right man. You had Jose Mourinho, there was no spark from him there. There was Louis van Gaal. There was nothing. And then you have David Moyes, nothing. I just think they should get Pochettino in. He's a good manager. He took um, Tottenham to the Champions League final. He's done well and he's never been given the chance to be in a massive club. So why not give Pochettino the chance? Yeah. This is the thing, Darren. A manager of his calibre is not going to be available for very long. Should yeah. a club like Manchester United be acting before somebody else does? Or, or do you well, think Oli's doing a good job? I mean, I'm just looking at him now. I mean, he has only, he's lost two in ten, which is, is not that bad. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's OK. But I think Pochettino's been there a while now. And I think if, if they wanted to go and get him, they would have gone and got him already. I think that I know. I think he had to wait till January, Pochettino, before he could actually get a job. But you'd like to think the conversation was in, and soon as obviously he became available, someone would act on it. But for whatever reason, Manchester United at the minute they seem happy with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, there's not too many. Whenever time I speak to the United fans, I'll get five that I'll say, "Yeah, he's okay. He's the right man for the job." You'll get the majority of them saying, "Well, I'm not quite sure if Ole's the right time will tell." So I think you need to give him a little bit more time. But also, as well, I think this this window is key because I think he needs to figure out the whole Pogba situation because I think that has been hanging over Manchester United for way too long yeah I'm a big fan of Pogba I think he's one of their best players I think he's their best player mm. when he when he's on form but for whatever reason with his agent talking something's not fitting so they need to address that situation quickly but I think also as well with that situation it can't be like what happened with Lukaku where they knew he wanted to go and they waited right to the end of the window and then they sold him and they could barely replace him so I think he needs I think this January window is so important for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer He was ha apparently having a meeting a chat on Friday regarding the the transfer strategy and, and where they're going to go with it. Why is that happening on Friday, if so? Why is that not already in place? Why do they already not have deals that are, that are pretty much over the line, like Liverpool? I mean, it's, it's scary, and you think to yourself, you'd like to think, with a club like Manchester United, if they want a player, they can go and get him. This is Manchester United we're talking about. This is not like a lower league, Premier League side. This is one of the biggest clubs. In Even though they've kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit since for the last maybe six, seven, probably since the last time they won the Premier League, which was, I think, 2012 or something. Mm -hmm. But this is still Manchester United Football Club. Still arguably one of the top three biggest f football clubs in the world. But for whatever reason, the, the transfer policies and the recruitment, it just seems to be a little bit suspect at the minute, which I don't understand how. If they want a player, they can't go and get him. They want a manager, they should be able to go and get him. But for whatever it's reason... It's like they're behind the curve all yeah, the time all the at the time. moment and not being proactive. No. And then I think fans are getting frustrated when they see like Liverpool getting the Minamino deal mm. over the line that quickly. It's all done quickly. No one knows anything about it, and it's 
a smart way that they're doing their business. I think what 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 Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done really well is his recruitment and some of his transfers. You look at Dan James, I think he's played really well. I like Wamba Saka, I think he's good. Harry Maguire, yeah, he's done okay. I wouldn't say he's set the world alight for the price tag, but again, the price tag wasn't his fault. But I think he's done okay. Uh, introducing some of the youngsters like Mason Greenwood, brilliant. Obviously, McTominay's been playing a fair bit as well. So I do think recruitment-wise, he, he's done quite well at Ligue 1 but for whatever reason, there's still not that spark there that we used to see him from a Manchester United team. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.